Hi guys, and welcome back to Scott's Great Chat. In this week's episode, I chat to Melanie and Bray, or as I call them, my Aunt Matey and Uncle Bray. Their journey has led them from Perth, Western Australia, to Vancouver, Canada, and shows us it's never too late to change the path you're on, even if it's very different to what you thought you wanted. It's Scott's Great Chat. It's a chat that's great. It's Scott's Great Chat. Moving from primary school to high school, we'll chat about it all on Scott's Great Chat. Was your first day of high school in year 7 or year 8? Is this going to date us by answering this question? Oh, it's 100% going to date us. That's guaranteed. Okay, it was in year 8. Same. Uh, did you have friends from your primary school move across with you to high school? Mm. I had two friends come from my primary school to high school, and that was a big deal because most of my class was actually going to the same high school, so it, it felt very isolating when I did finally get there because we all were in different classes, so it was like I was on my own anyway. I was uh, pretty lucky. I had uh, a lot of my friends from primary school follow over to uh, high school. A bunch of us were actually in the same uh, program at Mount Lawley, um, the SPAPA program, so I had a, a pretty solid net uh, right off the top. Yeah, I didn't have uh, any of my friends move across with me from my primary school to my high school because all of them went to the high school that was really close to my primary school and yeah so I was quite lonely to begin with um yeah it's rough when you're in a new environment like that and I remember the transition period of like trying to get to know each other whilst you're in like a whole like space where you feel completely out of your mm-hmm. depth is uh it's tough because you don't feel comfortable or they don't feel comfortable so it's, it's just like, a whole room of uncomfortable yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's just sitting there like oh god don't say the wrong thing man <laughs> it's hard making friends yeah it's really hard yeah. yeah i found that as well it was um like really really hard for me to make friends especially because for the first few uh days i didn't even really try to make friends i sort of just sat by myself um, did you guys have trouble finding or making friends? I suppose I was, uh, I was in a unique situation because I, I must say out of the two friends that came over uh, with me, one of them might have happened to be my best friend. So, uh, we were very lucky in that scenario that we sort of stuck together, um, and we kind of built from there. Uh, so I was very, very blessed and very thankful for that because I don't, I was so shy in year eight. I don't know how I would have managed if I was completely on my own, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think I, I struggled to find the right friends. Um, I think I had, I had some people that were really, uh, that I was really close to, which was, which was great. Um, the... (laughs) I was always the the runt, the the small kid uh, at school, Aww, so I got. Me uh, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've talked to you though. We have very different experiences of being the small kid at school. We do. So <laughs> I, I I got picked on a lot. Um, so in primary school and high school, so you know that was that was pretty difficult. Um, 
but eventually I did find people that I, I shared interests with and um, that made a world of difference. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the whole school uh, experience kind of transformed a little bit once that happened. Mm. Wait, so did you say that you two, even though being both uh, towards the smaller end of the year, um, you had different like experiences? experiences? So what was... Your <laughs> good experience. question. Yeah. Um, so you know your mum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's my big sister, and we were in high school at the same time. So when I arrived in year eight, my big sister was in year ten, oh. and that meant something. <laughs> I think people just were a little intimidated by the fact that I had an older sibling in both primary school and high school. Mm-hmm. So I coasted a little, and I'm very. <laughs> Very, very, uh, very thankful for that because I was that little kid with freckles and frizzy hair and uh, it, it would have, and I was very sensitive as well. It would have been very easy to pick on me. It would have affected me um, mm. a lot. Can you remember what your first day of high school was like? I remember feeling, like, I was small, as we've discussed, but I remember feeling minuscule. Like, the school was big. Mm. I think I was lost for 90% of the day. Um, Everyone just towered over me. Um, It was very intimidating. But a day that I remember more so was my first day of year 10. So at our high school, uh, the year 8s, uh, no, eights, nines, and tens wear a certain coloured t-shirt, a, right, a white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And in year 11 and year 12, you wear a blue t-shirt. So I misspoke. It was actually my first day of year 11. I was wearing my blue t-shirt. I was very proud and very excited to be sporting this fancy blue, look at me, I'm a year 11 t-shirt. And on my first day of year 11, oh, no. a teacher tried to direct me to year 8 orientation. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> no matter how many times I hear that story, every time it gets me. <laughs> That's good. Um, how about you, Gray? Your yeah. first day. I'm curious. Um, oh, jeez. I don't, I don't, in all honesty, I don't really remember my first day of high school. They were kind of blurred together. But I, I agree, definitely, um, there was this uh, sense of... Uh, you go from being the big kids at the end of primary school and mm. suddenly you are the, the smallest ones, me even more so than, uh, <laughs> than most. Uh, I think, um, Could my... you say a sense of impending doom? Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure, <laughs> I think my backpack probably oh was gosh. bigger than what I was and heavier. So, you know, I was the tiny kid with the mushroom haircut that was running around and it's flapping everywhere. Um, and backpacks, uh, I was going to say in the nineties, but they, they're not like they make them these days. There's no back support. There's no like shoulder support. They're just awkward and big and chunky, and everything well, I mean, gets squished in there. You're you're dating yourself a little bit I'm now because I didn't go into high school until the two thousands. <laughs> but similar to Mel, I did have a a, a moment in um, in year nine uh, on my I think it was like the first or second day of year nine, and looking around and being like, I'm not the smallest kid anymore. Yeah. 
So, did you know what you wanted to do when you grew up from a young age? Like, did you, when you were young, did you know what you wanted to be when you were older? Not exactly. I went through a lot of different ideas. I remember for a while I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast because my my dreams are not huge. Uh, <laughs> and at some point I wanted to be a, a firefighter, a policewoman. Um, gosh, I wanted to be a, a vet. I wanted to be a zoologist. I wanted to work with animals. I wanted to do a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I was very lucky. Um, I was dead set throughout primary school, um, or the first part of primary school, on being a paleontologist. Uh, I love dinosaurs, everything to do with them and the natural world. Uh, and then uh, I got into um, dancing and contemporary dance, and through that I found acting. Um, so by the time mm -hmm. I was uh, 12... I performed in my first play and I knew that this was what I wanted to do. Um, and regardless of what the path was that I was going to follow, I, uh, I knew that being an actor and being involved in uh, storytelling was 110% where I was destined to be. Um, and I was so blessed for that because I know so many people um, like my lovely lady here and, and many of my other friends in high school who had no idea, even once they finished high school, what they wanted to do. And, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's scary. Um, you know, I'm very blessed that I knew where I want, where I wanted to go and what my direction was. Um, I can't really, I, I don't even know what it would be like to not, to not have an idea of that. You know, I'm just going to put it out there. I am 33. <laughs> Stop tiptoeing around it. And I'm, I still find I'm, evolving my idea of what I want to do even now um, mm -hmm. for a long time it, it has been pretty focused on being an actor but even now I find I'm kind of uh, morphing that more into writing as well yeah. so uh, I don't think it necessarily ever stops evolving it can't for some people they're just so dead set and so on track and that is what it is and it Looking is what it will be right here exactly <laughs> but well, for some other people it's it's you know you might do something for mm -hmm. a little while and then you want to go off and do something else and that's totally cool too yeah we had a great conversation um we both have the same um acting agent in town and we had a great conversation with uh with her and she kind of mentioned that um, you need to sort of change what your idea of success is uh, because success comes in so many different forms. And uh, as Mel said, you know, she's starting to do more writing. I'm also writing more than um, acting, but, you know, it's all under that storytelling umbrella. So, um, yeah, it's, it's never set in stone. I think, yeah. you know, there are certain paths where it's like, yeah, you do A and then B and you get C. But if you're an artist like us, uh, the line is very squiggly mm. and all There's over no the place. There's no alphabet involved. It's You've like, erased it, it and then you've redone it. It's and... an alphabet suit. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah, so much Spoon so. by spoon trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of uh, jobs and career paths out there that are kind of like being an artist. You 100%. can't necessarily take a straight path. To where you want to go mm -hmm. yeah and that's totally cool because we're you know just gonna think creatively if you can't go in the front door maybe try a side door a back door see if a window's cracked go through the roof yeah. i'm not encouraging anyone to break into houses here it's a <laughs> metaphor <laughs> 
But think outside the box. There's so many ways to get to the same goal. And just because you don't do it the way that most people might do it doesn't mean you won't get there eventually mm-hmm. by doing it another way. Yeah, um, because Uncle Bray, you recently uh, actually directed mm. a movie called Plains of Snow. Plains of Snow, Plains of Snow, Plains of Snow. <laughs> and so yeah, that's more like script work and pointing things out than actually acting yourself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got to watch uh, just a few days ago the unedited version and it looked great. And I can't wait to see all of the, the special effects. But yeah, I think it's Thanks, a man. really great movie. Thanks. So. Yay! Oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> it's Bray, if I can just butt in here, he was like a pig in mud. This, I think this was, if from my view, a dream you might not have known you had wanting to be an actor for so long. Yeah, yeah. There 100%. was joy to be found in creating and directing, uh, whereas you've always been so solid on acting. But there's mm. actually you can find joy in other facets as well. Yeah, and you know we we talk about success changing and everything. Planes of Snow is something that I've had in my head for over ten years, and it's well, always been something that I've wanted to do, but it's always seemed like that thing that is way up in the distance that would never actually uh, come to pass. And then I finally put pen to paper and and wrote the thing, and then ended up directing, producing, and um, yeah, now we're trying to turn it into a TV show. So you know, like. It, Dream big because you never know what will what will come of it. But uh, sometimes it's just a matter of like kicking Inching. yourself up the butt and actually and doing inch something. Towards like every little step, eventually will equal a long distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby steps get you far. Yeah. What's one little <laughs> thing you can do to contribute to your larger goal? Yes. And call that success. If you do that one little thing, celebrate it. Yeah. Today I did some free riding. Super happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a step closer to, um, you know, creating a screenplay myself. Hundred mm, percent. Mm, that gets made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So instead of being the actor, you're teaching other people to act and how to act. Yeah, trying to inspire as well. You know, I think that's always been something I've wanted to do. Is in being uh, going through high school and and having friends that didn't know what they wanted to do. For example, is like one of my core things that I've always wanted to try and do for others is to inspire them to find what it is that they love and Mm -hmm. then to help them pursue it. Because I know how much joy I've uh, received from doing that and I think it's really important to pass that on to others because mm. that's uh, that's how we grow and how we like share success as well it's not a competition everyone's like here on the same field and like the more everyone else succeeds the better off your success is too so um, so when I was two I decided I wanted to be a, a doctor after I went to my little brother Damien's 18-week scan. And I'd wanted to do that for ages. And then when I was about five or so, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be an astronaut, a firefighter. <laughs> I had a massive, like, long list of things that I wanted to be. And um, quite, like, well, not recently, but I've always had a love for science 
And sort of in the last few years, I've shifted more towards the uh, space side of things. And uh, I'm now considering, like, I really want to be an astrophysicist. Nice. Um, and, yeah. So I've had a few changes in what I've wanted to be. Is there something in particular that, like, draws you to astrophysics in particular or it's just like that kind of encompasses where most of your other interests lie um well I've always like been fascinated about the things I don't know and looking bigger and yeah it just amazes me all the stuff that's out there that we don't even know about and so I want to want to find it yeah nice, space nice. is a good place to look if you want to like a lot of questions mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much and also yeah. you grew up on a farm where the stars are yeah. like nothing else in this world like you must have spent so many nights just gazing at that beautiful sky yeah and uh for my birthday a few years ago i actually got a telescope wow. so that just uh <laughs> sort of fueled things Okay, quite a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, that sort of just fueled my passion. And um, yeah, so that's what I'm hoping to become. Amazing. I have no doubt you will do it. Yeah, um, although, although I really, really want to be an astrophysicist, I'm sort of like... It's like a tug of war because I've always wanted to be a doctor and now I also really want to be an astrophysicist. Mm. So it's sort of like the two different parts are competing as which one I want to become. Be an astrophysicist that gets a PhD. So you still get the DR in front of your name. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Possible, possible. Yeah. No, I totally understand that, Scott. Like, you identify with yourself one way for so long, you almost forget sometimes about what you want because you just see, oh, Scott, doctor, that's a fact. But it's sometimes it's hard to change your personal narrative when mm. you're not open to other things that might excite you or inspire you or have you feeling super passionate about... Sometimes it's hard letting go. Like I certainly found that um, with my science degree that costs lots and lots of money. Mm. And, <laughs> you know. And now here we are, halfway yeah. across the world, <laughs> pretending to be other people when we do acting and whatnot. Totally. Never better, never poorer, but <laughs> never better. <laughs> As you were going through high school, was there a lot of pressure for you to know what you wanted to be or where you left school? Absolutely. There was a total expectation that you should just know what university course you should step into after grade 12. Uh, And that was uh, made me feel like I was behind or like stupid or I don't know I I feel like I felt like I should have known but I didn't so and I'm a naturally indecisive person so that doesn't help in general in life 
but uh, I totally felt the pressure and I think it was a bit of a pressure cooker at the end as I was getting into year 11 and 12 and doing exams and picking subjects and yeah I don't know if I might have made different decisions if I had more like space and time to consider or talk with different people I just thought I had to make a decision so that's what I did I definitely think there's a lot of peer pressure when you're in high school um, to know where your path is going. Uh, I think I was very lucky um, in the sense that I didn't necessarily have a lot of people trying to pressure me and be like, this is where you need to be. And I think that part of that is because uh, in my family, I don't have anyone that's really in the arts. I have um, people that are in uh, the trades or my mum works as like an executive assistant and you know in um, administration so um, uh, being like oh I want to be an artist and an actor it's like oh great we have no idea about that um, so it was quite open but I think the problem that then happened was I didn't necessarily think about what I wanted to do but what I should be doing and um, then this pressure came down as to like, oh, I should do this so that I keep my options open and da 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 da, as opposed to just being like, hey, this is like where I should funnel my energies and this is what I what I want to be doing, you know. Um, I think high school is so tough, so tough for so many different reasons, and that that whole question of where are you going after high school is uh, one of the biggest contributors yeah. to that. Yeah, there's a lot of noise. Um in high school, a lot of, like, you know, you've got teachers, you've got your friends, you've got your family, you've got the media these days. There's a lot of noise buzzing around, and sometimes it's difficult to separate what you want from the noise. Yeah. And I think that's sort of where I went a little bit uh, skew if was I, I felt the pressure of not necessarily what I wanted to do, but I wanted to make a practical decision. So I went with science because that would get me a career that paid well, that would support me, that would be um, as risk-free as you can be in, in these days. Uh, you know, it's a smart choice. Mm. And that's that's what I did. And I liked animals. So, of, of course, like, science made sense. I had no plan of what kind of science I would do, but I'm super stoked that you know exactly what kind of science you want to mm-hmm. do. But... Um, yeah, I was very general. Like, okay, I'll do uh, uh, science. <laughs> yeah, um, currently, there's a little bit of pressure um, to know what I'm doing or what I want to be when I leave high school because um, they're trying to sort of make you pick your subjects now according to what you want to be later. Yeah. So the school's wow. kind of assuming that you already have an idea yeah. of what you want to be. And in Humanities, we actually just did a thing called Compass Card or something, where it, um, it's, it asks you questions, like, of what um, things that you like or things that you dislike, and then it bases what, you, what it thinks a good job will be for you based on your answers. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, I did that and... Astrophysics was one of the top ones. Was it really? Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I so. remember doing a quiz and it was not accurate. I, 
can't remember what came up, but I was like, say what? I don't want to do that job. <laughs> it was probably a pretty basic algorithm in like 2002 though. Yeah. Um, like it was paper and pencil and you add numbers up. Oh. That's how basic it was. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to do one of those oh, quizzes. Wow. So <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I wish I had this opportunity. Even if it was the paper and pencil one, I'm like, I wish I had this opportunity. Um, I remember being at, uh, I think it was like year 11 or 12 and uh, talking to people towards them because you have like career days and stuff like that and just being like, I really want to be an actor, but I'd love to talk to someone about different options of other things that I could do because I knew how like uh, uncertain and um, how little I I knew about the world outside of high school in regards to acting and no one ever had an answer for me. No one was like, oh yeah, go and talk to this person or oh yeah, yeah go to this website and do this thing. And The common response I found when talking to people about being in the arts was, well, you should teach it. Oh, yeah. Was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. don't necessarily pursue it. The only responsible job would be to become a teacher in that field because there you can get an assured job. Because an artist, but then the whole part about being an artist is it, it's not just uh, a job you get, it's thousands of jobs every single day. It's about uh, creating your own work and then trying to share it with the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, no one has really a template for that. Or at least they didn't when I went through school. No one knew how to push me in the right direction. And in fact, people were uh, actively sort of nudging me away from making those decisions. Um, my family's super supportive and I never really felt a lot of pressure there. But I did find, like if I was speaking to teachers or... Um, like a guidance counsellor, it was sort of like, well, you know, it's going to be really hard to find a job in this industry with security and like they don't even necessarily know a lot about the industry. So when I was uh, coming through school, there was, you know, three acting agents in the city. But did anyone know to share that information with me or push me in that direction of, well, if you want to be an, an actor you should really get an agent and then they can help you make connections. Um, and that's where independent research <laughs> comes into play because I should have done my own investigations. That's where I tripped up. I should have got on the phone, um, done some research, talked to people, found other actors in the city, see how they're doing it. Um, and, and, you know, if you don't get given the information go out there and find it and it's so much easier these days with the internet it's just mm. at your fingertips and i mean acting's led you to canada yeah which is where we currently are <laughs> it led so. me a long way away <laughs> <laughs> halfway across the world yeah. quite literally so i mean it didn't really matter how many things were in perth because is there like more here or yeah yeah to to put it bluntly yes the the um Canadian industry is connected to the American industry in a, oh, in a much okay. larger way. You look on the map and Vancouver and um, Los Angeles are only a very short plane flight away. Um, same with if you go to the other side of the country, uh, Toronto and New York are both very close to each other. So it means um, 
getting film crews up here or getting actors here is is a, a lot easier. And uh, as much as we do have a growing industry in Australia, um, Mel and I face problems in the sense that a lot of that industry is on the East Coast. And mm. um, even when productions would come to Perth, they would be for the most part, cast on the east of Australia. Yeah. So you get all excited because, ooh, a, a TV series is coming to Perth, but it was already, for the most part, cast. Yeah. I think things are changing these days. Like We've obviously been out of Perth for a good while now. Yeah. And um, I know that they just filmed, was it The Heights? Yes. In Perth? Yes, they just filmed The Heights, um, yeah. And I know like a bunch of friends and things that were featured in that show and that just makes me so happy um, to see my friends in Perth working um, on these productions so that's fantastic and uh, you know there is opportunities to be found but when when I was living in Perth I didn't really know how to self-create or self-promote or make things happen on my own and I think coming to Canada's really taught me okay well if the jobs aren't coming to you you better make the job yeah because there's something like make it happen yeah don't wait for people to come to you yeah and give you something you've really got to make it happen and perth more so uh than vancouver if you know you really got to be motivated as an actor to like create your own work and i'm so impressed whenever i see friends you know really making it work back home and they're producing plays and um, things all the time, creating amazing work. The theatre scene, personally, I have to say I prefer in Perth. There was a lot going on there that was really exciting. Mm. Um, but there's a lot more film opportunity in Vancouver, i found. Mm-hmm. I love the word agent. Agent? Sounds so cool. <laughs> oh yeah, contact my agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm... Now in year nine uh, this year, and I had to select my subjects, which I've already said. And yeah, because I want to be a doctor or a physicist, either particle or astro, uh, I've picked a lot of uh, science, engineering, and design related um, subjects. Uh, Did you guys? find it hard selecting subjects or when did you select subjects? Uh, I don't think I actually selected subjects until I was in year 10. Um, I think 8 through 10 for the most part it was fairly um, streamlined in what we had um, access to. Uh, I was very lucky in the sense that uh, from year 8 through year 10 I was part of the Special Visual and Performing Arts program at Mount Lawley so I got access to drama, arts, music and yeah, drama, arts, music, and media uh, or film um, from year eight, and uh, so that gave me a lot more, you know, um, arts like outlets, which was really good and lots of fun because I got to explore more of that. But then when it came to choosing subjects, I think it was a little bit overwhelming, and it was like, oh, I want to keep my options open. I'm like kind of interested in law, and I'm kind of interested in. Um, maybe some like woodworking or something like that because again it was a lot of like oh I should be doing these more practical things so Mm -hmm. um, I want to like dip my toe in there and unfortunately I didn't have anyone being like no 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 you should maybe like 
Well, you want to be in the art, so maybe like streamline yourself and focus yourself a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I definitely found it difficult because no one really tells you like exactly, or they didn't for me anyway, they didn't tell me exactly how the process worked. And so when it came to it, it was just like, oh, oh God, uh, that one, and that one. Nice and... decisions. So ah! daunting. Life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. So, yeah. Yeah. I think um, we're so used when we're, at least when I was younger, so used to taking direction from my parents mm. or my teachers mm. or uh, who, like bossy friends. Like <laughs> I, I was very willing to take direction and very indecisive as I've mentioned. <laughs> so when you get things like, oh, choose these subjects and everyone's kind of looking at you saying, well, what do you want to do? It seems... I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so like so. a lot of focus on you to make the right choice. But at the end of the day, the, you know, every choice is right. As long as you really have considered all options and commit to a choice, you can't really go wrong. Um, I was part of the music program at my school, so a lot of my optional units were taken up naturally just by music um, kind of subjects and things. So I luckily had some of my options taken away from me. When I got to year 11, I realised I wasn't going to do my exams for music so I just stuck to my science units and I actually picked up drama which was a bit of a, a subject from left field. It was I guess surprising for perhaps my family and friends because I'd never really done anything before and uh, it was a bold choice for an indecisive shy person to make and <laughs> Uh, I, I loved it. I took to it. I really responded to my teacher uh, at the time. Uh, I feel like she really sort of nurtured my curiosity there. And I ended up receiving the, the top drama student in grade 12, which was honestly a shock and surprise to me and everyone else in the school and my family. I heard some girls talking in the toilet after I had um, achieved this award and they were saying like, oh, she shouldn't have got that. The other, this other girl who's been doing drama since grade eight should have got it. And so I was, it wasn't really well received that, I, that I'd got this award um, because I'd just seemingly on a whim done drama, but really I'd been kind of wanting to do it. Mm -hmm the entire time. I just didn't have the guts to do, to kind of step up and do it. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, so with my subject selections, I also um, chose some subjects that weren't towards what I was looking at, but they were sort of just ones where I could, in a way, relax and it, um, yeah, just have some time to not do proper work. Um, so I've got a list of the stuff that I chose. Yeah. Um, some metalwork, uh, custom jewellery, astronomy, of course. Naturally. Um, <laughs> what are these uh, schools people are going to these days? Uh, this is intense. Digital technologies. What? Uh, and then engineering and art. Um, so yeah, they were my six subjects that I chose. We also still have to do the normal 
uh, main subjects. So yeah, like math, science, humanities, English. How many but options did you have to choose from? Quite a few. Like, it was... Um, wow. I'm not sure if I still have the list. I might somewhere. But it was just this massive, like, Google document. Far <laughs> and you'd out. scroll down trying to look for the ones that you'd want. I think I probably could have counted <laughs> our options on two hands. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd have, I'd have to agree with you. That's I don't think, I don't think we, the variation and, and it was much more like, um, vague, uh, topic broad. choices. Yeah. yeah. Broad is a better broad term subjects. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drama. Than... Woodworking. Uh, jewelry crafting. It's like, oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, I, like, I like where this is going. <laughs> I want to go back to school. <laughs> Not. No. <laughs> So you both did TEE, which is mm. now called ATA. When you chose your TEE subject, did you have a clear idea of what you wanted to go on and do at uni with it, or did you pick general ones that could lead to different paths? First, can I just say that ATA sounds way cooler than TEE. And sounds it's like a lot some easier kind of space say. thing as well. Yeah. You know? Going to space station ATA now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, T-E-E doesn't have the same effect. No. Uh, no, no not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I chose broadly because I knew I didn't know what I wanted to do and I knew I didn't want to make a decision. So I obviously kept science in there because I liked animals and that was as detailed as I got. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I was also uh, brought, again, um, I mentioned earlier the subjects that I should be doing rather than the subjects I wanted to do. Uh, I know now, looking back, if I'd um, done more uh, research and like looked into things like I should have done um, English as opposed to English Lit, for example. Uh, English Lit being more you're looking at um, book texts, um, and deciphering those rather than English was more on the the film media um, side of things. I love reading and uh, and everything, but I am unfortunately a little bit um, uh, in more of a niche uh, kind of market when it comes to reading a lot of fantasy series and sci-fi and not really dissecting old novels about Frankenstein and um, poetry and whatnot. Uh, I also, for some reason, chose chemistry. I have no idea why I chose chemistry, even to this day. It was an awful decision, and I had no interest awful in it whatsoever. Decision. Well, look, for, for someone like yourself, very good decision. Naturally for someone inclined. like me, very bad decision. <laughs> um, should have bailed out at many points along the way, but just never did. Um, but yeah, the main one that I uh, put a lot of time and effort into was drama. Um, for my mm-hmm. TE and uh, yeah I was so happy that I did that because uh, that was really inspiring to me but the rest um, yeah very broad and uh, mistakes were made mistakes were made but there's joy in making mistakes because you yeah learn yeah. from them and you ideally don't make them again well I mean you get like you get out of high school and all of a sudden it's like oh these TE subjects suddenly don't really matter as much as what I first thought. Yes, the mark is important if you want to, you know, get use that to get into a particular university course. Um, but 
for uh, myself, it, it didn't uh, affect me as much. I do wish I'd, I'd chosen differently, but, you know, that's, uh, that's part of life. Live mm-hmm. and learn, live and learn. Mm-hmm. Well and truly. As you were doing your TE stuff, like, what did you think you would do? And what were you planning to do? What job? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, wasn't entirely sure. I thought perhaps, considering my general science, I would do some sort of general science degree in university, and then I would work in a zoo enclosure. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty it. I didn't really go like full circle with my ideas. I just knew I wanted to work with animals, something to do with conservation and protecting animals. Um, so I wasn't entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, I wanted, again, it was the problem of, like, I wanted to go into the arts, I wanted to do acting, but there was nothing, there wasn't necessarily a drama course unless you got into WAPA. Um, Which there, is really difficult. Incredibly difficult, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I did try, and I got told, uh, you need to go out in the world and get more life experience. Um, which, you know, is totally fair. Um, I didn't necessarily expect to get in, but when that didn't happen, it was like, well, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to go and do a film course at, uh, Curtin, um, but got so bored by all the theory and rhetoric of what they were teaching that I ended up, um, heading away from that. And that, uh, whole step-by-step process eventually led me to FTI and the Fremantle Film and Television Institute where I got to do screen acting, which was like, oh, this is finally the thing that I've been searching for all this time. Um, so that was great. But um, if to answer your question, I have no idea, in all honesty. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. When choosing my subjects and as I was doing it and coming out the other end, I just was so... Con- I knew the general area of ballpark and that was about it. Yeah, I think even the best laid plans, like you might have this solid plan of this is what you're going to do. And then, you know, you do all the right things, you get, um, you do everything you're supposed to do to achieve that thing, and then you don't. Not the way you might have imagined. Mm. And I think the sort of takeaway there is there's other way, ways to do that same thing. So yep. Whopper, yep. you know, that door closed for you that year then you went to Curtin and that wasn't the right kind of teaching style that inspired you and then you found FTI and that was great you would have found FTI if those other two doors didn't close for you yeah but someone else might have really um thrived in that teaching scenario at Curtin oh yeah lots of other people do so yeah we've all got different um ways in which we thrive Did you feel stressed and anxious in the lead-up to and during exams? Yeah. Oh, 100%. I do not operate well in this <laughs> circumstance at all. Nor do I. We have no that in nails, common. No nails by the end of that. No. Oh, man, it, was... it felt very finite. Like, you do the exams, you do them well, or else. It felt very scary like that. Yep. For me. And I now I find that amazing. What did you do? I just pooped my pants the whole oh, time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> too real? Too real? Is that going too far? <laughs> we'll cut that out. Can we cut that out? No, that's no, staying in there. staying in? Okay. All right. Yep. Good. It's on oh the record. Oh, my gosh. Your poor friends. 
<laughs> Actually, oh. <laughs> it, but yes, it's a scary time. It's very stressful. Mm. Maybe not for everyone. I know some people that smash exams. Like they love it. It's like it, it gets them going. How could you love exams? I don't know. I I wish I knew the secret. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's like auditioning for me. I find it, it's a very surreal scenario. I. I'm a very different actor in an audition to on set. And that's something I'm working on. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's rough. Like, auditioning is, uh, you know, you break it down. And it's like you walk in a room, you say some words, and you walk out. But you literally feel like you're standing in front of an oncoming bus when you walk in that room. So, yeah. you know, it's... It, for someone that doesn't like a test scenario, I chose a very strange career where most days I have to walk into a test scenario. You're being except, yeah. And judge. I only get, often I get less than 24 hours to prepare for said test. And I was like, ah, 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 ah. It so probably explains the gray hair that's coming in, you never know. <laughs> um, yeah, did you get the results you hoped you would on the exams? I don't know. I I honestly, a little bit less than I had expected. I was a solid B student. Mostly Bs, the odd A or two. And maybe the occasional C. Uh, And I was hoping, I'm a like forever optimist, and I was hoping I would, you know, do super well. Uh, so I could get into a particular university and do a particular course. Um, and I didn't achieve the, the score that I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a little less than I'd expected. Uh, I surprised myself considering how much I struggled. I thought I was going to do a lot worse than what I did. Um, but in saying that, I still didn't score as high as what I had hoped. Um but that's just the nature of, of things. And the score was surprising for me. I was like pleasantly surprised and like, oh, oh, thank God. Okay, good. Now it's done. I can move on. Everything, it's all behind me now. <laughs> Wonderful. The stress leading up to finding out what that result was, was worse than actually looking at the result and being like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy. All right. Mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I wouldn't say that I was like over the moon about it, but I was happy about it. Yeah. Um, so did you go to uni and study what you had planned on? Uh, no. Uh, I, I, as I mentioned before, I, I studied, uh, film, uh, and it wasn't what I, uh, originally thought I would be doing, um, but it was a necessary step along my journey to getting here. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the opportunity and um, it, it, the course wasn't for me, but I also uh, could have applied myself a lot more uh, when I was there because, you know, I struggled when I wasn't as engaged by the material as what I had hoped. So, uh, yeah, but I did eventually get to study screen acting, which is exactly what I wanted. And I threw myself into that and that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I had kind of narrowed down what I wanted to do. Uh, as I got through my exams and I was intending to apply for a zoology course and I didn't get the score that I needed. So I ended up uh, defaulting to doing an environmental science course. So Mm -hmm. just kind of general science. 
Um, was uni very different to high school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very different. Talk about freedom and no one telling you what to do. Yeah. Like, if you don't hand in your assignment or your report or your your exam, you don't necessarily have a cheer squad there, like, kicking you out the butt, trying to get you to do better next time. Like, if you don't score, you just don't score. There's no one saying, hey, we really need to talk to you about, you know, your grades are dropping and this isn't going to look good for next year as you're wanting to, you know, stay in this A stream here. Like, there's none of that. University, I felt, was very much uh, you get out as much as you put in. Exactly. And um, what I loved about uni was that there are so many options there. And, you know, you could go in, I knew people that would go in and they would start in one course and be like, oh, this isn't really for me. And then they would swap over to something different and they'd still be like, eh, I don't know. And then they'd swap and then they'd be like, hey. So, you know, you can really bounce around and, and find your place, the amount of like yeah. groups and everything that are there that you can go and join and like meet other people, you know, you got a lot of like-minded people that are uh, in there and such a broad mix i feel like high school can get very clicky with like the different year groups and everything and you get to uni and all of that is gone and um that was awesome like i i, I really love the social environment of university i think it was very conducive um the food's great too lots of food options yeah oh, i'm yeah. all oh, about the thank food goodness. thank yeah, goodness yeah okay. um curtain yep. they used to have this oh gosh what was the name they were like chip buddies and it oh my gosh that was so good with gravy oh i want to go back just to have one of those <laughs> It's also a noodle place on Curtin. Oh, that was so good too. Oh my gosh, I hope they're still there. Like five bucks and damn, you get a good bowl of noodles. We're going to take you there. Next time we visit, we'll take you to Curtin (laughs) and we'll just go eat some food and walk around. Sounds good. Like oh, we went to the university. Oh, great. What'd you check out? Oh, we went to all the good eating spots. And we checked all. Of, did you see any like of the? No, no, just food. All we did was eat the entire time. <laughs> yes. Um. I get back to school. Say to the teachers, Oh, I checked this out. Oh, it was good. Yeah, the food was great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Did you go and work in the field you studied? Uh, yes, yes, I'm still still currently working in that field, yeah. yeah. I did, I uh, jumped straight from a science degree into a science job working with contaminated lands. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that pretty much, step from one into the next. Mm. Uh, I didn't necessarily get paid for a lot of the work that I do in the uh, film and television industry, but I do get paid on occasion now. So, you know, that's yeah. pretty good. It's not necessarily <laughs> full-time work as uh, or a nine-to-five as you'd look at it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm still working in that field. And I love that field. I, I will always want to have some something to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was your uh, initial jobs... Like, did you enjoy them, or was it different to what you expected? Mine was different for sure. I remember going to the interview, and um, it was this lovely gentleman, and he was saying to me, so you've studied green science. You're at a brown science job. Is that going to be a problem? (laughs) Because contaminated lands, you know, you're working with soil and rocks and all of that and I'd studied 
trees and plants and animals and uh, I was you know I'm also a yes person so I was like no that, yeah, went, yeah, no, that won't be a problem at all seven years later I'm switching careers <laughs> so apparently it was a problem uh, mm-hmm. but it was a problem that I'm very thankful for because I learned a lot about what I really want in that job and I learned a lot in general it was a really great job Mm-hmm. I feel like when someone describes a field and then just puts brown in front of it, you're know, like, <laughs> I don't know about this, you know? Yeah. Colour brown. Mistakes not really, could be made. Not really the most inspiring of uh, <laughs> colours. Pretty close to beige in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, what was the question? Um, so, did you enjoy your job or was it different to what you expected? Right. Uh, yeah, incredibly different. Uh, I remember, I think the first time that I worked on a professional set was when I did extra work on Cloud Street, uh, when it was filming in Perth. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I learned that being an extra is, uh, grand, but, uh, you sit there and twiddle your thumbs for pretty much the entire day until you needed to do something and you are the last people that are taken care of as well, which is only fair, you know, you get paid to stand around and be doing stuff in the background, but the focus is on the actors that are out there and it, um... Definitely reinforced for me that I want to be those people over there, <laughs> not these people in the background. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't think you realize how much goes into making the shows and movies that you love until you're actually on a film set and you see how many people are running around and doing stuff and like how much work goes into like a short five minute scene. Um, mm. And it was eye opening in the best possible way because it was like, oh wow, this is like this is how the magic happens. And it's like each and every single person is involved in that. And it's really cool to see once it's all in motion. I'm guessing that you never look at a movie the same? No, no. It's the way I know if I'm really enjoying a movie is if I'm actually sitting back there and not thinking about those things. If I'm um, sort of watching a movie and I'm not super engaged in it, then I'm like, oh, what's that camera? Oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh hey, look, there's one of the... There's a producer in the background there. Hey, all right, nice. Um, yeah. An interesting story choice there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're breaking it down, I think. That's that's one thing. Working in entertainment, it's like if, if you love and connect with a story, then that's awesome. But if you don't, then you really pick it apart. Um, and uh, Which is good because then, you know, you learn for your own things uh, later on. So, Aunt Maisie, you're obviously an actor now. Um, but you were a environmental scientist. Green brown scientist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was a scientist great with an callback. identity crisis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you realised that um, science uh, wasn't what you wanted to keep doing, was it hard to leave and like follow your dreams of being an actor? Or it was so hard because it wasn't quote unquote a smart choice. And I'm very split down the middle in my way of thinking. I I use both my left and my right side of my brain, I think, equally. And it makes decision-making really difficult sometimes because being a scientist, uh, it was very rewarding in that it really pushed me intellectually. I was constantly having to be on top of my game, learning new technologies and um, staying up with the industry. And I loved, I craved that and I really loved it 
but I wasn't necessarily passionately craving it. And I started doing some on the side community theatre. And it was like something just sort of sparked. Like my little inner child was like, ah! <laughs> like, like arms up in the air, jumping around like more, 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 more. Yes, yes. And then the, the practical thinker in me was saying, no, sit back down. Sit back down. You're a scientist. You, you put three years of study into this job which really is in a lot of ways rewarding and it pays well i was getting paid well i was only um seven well at when i started to make the transition from science to acting i was only five years in to my career and i had already had a bunch of pay increases uh so much so that when I moved to Canada and I started earning minimum wage from my wage in Australia as a scientist to minimum wage um, serving coffees uh, at a cafe I and, you know, sweeping floors, doing dishes, all that stuff, I took a over 400% cut in my wage to follow my dream. So I oh. sacrificed a lot of security and the practical brain side of me is very... Still complaining. ...doesn't understand that decision. Still doesn't understand that decision. So often I talk to Bray about, like, you know, that was a really crazy decision. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't Uncle, make sense. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uncle Bray's still thinking, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> totally. Yeah. When we got together, totally. she's an environmental scientist slash actor, and then she just became an actor, and I was like, what? No, I'm <laughs> No. Yeah, there is no just. I yeah. became an actor. Um, I'm so grateful that you did. Totally. So it was really a scary decision to make, and there were no guarantees. There still are no guarantees, but I am so happy I made that decision because I can guarantee that if I stayed in my science job, I would be sitting at my desk right now, pattering away on a 500-page report that I'd written 10 times before, and I would be wondering, should I have done that thing? Should I have taken that plunge? Should I get back into community theatre? Would you still have met Uncle Bray if you didn't? I actually don't know. We met on set. We were cast as boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm. So, in a oh, way, my, my acting yeah. led yeah, me know, to right? this beautiful man. Hello. And <laughs> 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 all the hilarious shenanigans that follow. Exactly. When you were back in high school, would you have ever imagined that you would be where you are today? Definitely not. I was very much a homebody. I love being at home with my family and my friends and my comforts. And I had never imagined that I would just up and leave and go on this huge world spanning adventure. Uh, yeah, I surprised myself. Uh, I think um, I definitely saw myself uh, what I would classify as a 16-year-old, 16, 17-year-old 16, Bray when he thought of himself as an actor at 31 would be like, oh, 
Oscars and success red and red carpet and big movie star and all this kind of stuff. So I think um, whilst I'm not necessarily there, I yet. am yet yet yeah. knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst I'm not necessarily there, I am in I am partway there in the sense that I am still chasing this dream and I am halfway across the world. Um, getting the final touches together on a TV series pitch uh, that will hopefully, you know, springboard a whole bunch of other opportunities. So um, that big dream of Plains of Snow and it be like, I remember being asked a question in university of like, um, uh, what's a what's something you want to achieve in life? And I've always said I want to write the next Star Wars. Uh, it's It was such an inspiring thing to me and this Planes of Snow is kind of that story. So um, regardless of like the level of success that's happening, I'm doing what I essentially wanted to be doing when I was in high school. And uh, I have to pinch myself on a regular basis because I never thought that that would be something that... I would get to achieve. So the fact that I've met someone um, that supports me and is able to help me through that journey is uh, phenomenal. And I'm so grateful that I get to share this journey with um, my lovely lady. Mm. <laughs> Back at ya. I think this industry, it's so easy, or in any industry, it's so easy to give up, you know, if it gets difficult or, or hard or things don't go as you expected and mm. and you forget to redefine your definition of success. Yeah. It's so easy to get to give up. Um, so to still be here at our ages, <laughs> 100% in, that's a new definition of success for me in that, no, I'm not on those red carpets and I'm not in those Hollywood movies, but... I actually don't necessarily, they're not my big goals anymore. My big goals now have changed and that's more about creating important stories that need to be told. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, being, and being a part of making them as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Aunt Mady, are you glad that you decided to completely change paths rather than staying and doing something you didn't like? Well, that, for an indecisive person, I can wholeheartedly say yes. I did really enjoy my my time as a scientist, and it's so important for me to have done that. I think it helped me really understand who I am and what I want, and to wholeheartedly go after my career as an actor and writer. And I don't think I would have had the longevity that I have now if I'd gone straight from high school into acting. It's different for everyone, but I honestly think if when I was 18 I got straight into acting, I would have been far too sensitive and um, not taken the inevitable, call it what you will, rejection very well, and I would have chickened out a lot earlier. Was there any social media when you were at school? What's uh, social media? It's like... (laughs) (laughs) how old do you think i am scott (laughs) not very old we're gonna talk about this later (laughs) my mind just went don't wait a moment (laughs) i'm messing with you well not the way that you have it today my goodness it's so different so 
I remember MSN was like the chat rooms. Oh man, MSN Messenger was awesome. Yes, and also... MySpace? Yes, MySpace. (laughs) I think I still have like a prehistoric MySpace page somewhere. MySpace was like pre-Facebook and you could go into the code of the page in order to change your background and put music and all of this kind of jazz on there. Um... Yeah, and MSN was great because you could just have... I remember it would just be the thing, like, I would, you would be on all night long just talking with multiple different people. It's kind of like um, Facebook Messenger now, um, yeah. except it had... I can't even remember what the... I The message tone is burnt into my memory, yes. but I can't replicate it, unfortunately. Right now, I remember but, that little um, annoying thing. I yeah, don't know, yeah. can't recall what it is either. Um but no, we used to use the old-fashioned like wall phones with the cords to call my friends. I knew all their phone numbers off by heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you finally was... got a uh, cordless phone, that was a big thing because it was like, hey, I can take my phone. I can take the phone to my bedroom now. Yeah, oh, mum and hey. dad don't have to listen to everything I say now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and secretly, they were there, there on the door listening <laughs> to what you said in the room. They wouldn't dare, would they? <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> um, phones were uh, bricks and the only game you had on there was uh, Snake and if you could like do an epic Snake game then oh damn you respect one it was like green pixelated Snake as well like oh, yeah. old yeah. school yeah yeah well and truly so while you did have social media it's changed a lot from then to now I, I uh, was the unfortunate uh, victim of a lot of bullying in primary school and high school, so I can't imagine what that would have been like if um, social media had been in the way... Oh, sorry. If social media had the kind of reach that it does now. Um, like, it's still, to this day, I don't understand half the time why I got picked on. It was just like, I just got picked on. So, you know... There's I, never a good reason. Usually it's more about the person who's bullying yeah. than the person they are bullying. Yeah. It's a reflection of what they don't like about, you know, that something that they don't like about themselves, usually. Yeah. And I know I had to um, uh, help my brother uh, a little bit with some bullying just because... Uh, mobile phones were more of a thing like everyone had a had a cell phone sorry i say cell phone because in canada they call them cell phones not mobile phones you say mobile then they look at you weird um (laughs) (laughs) it's like scott's looking at me weird now when i say cell phone ah um yeah and so you know often there would be times where like uh, this, this guy kept um calling him and like harassing him on the phone and so he would uh, like i would answer and then try and talk this guy down and then have to not necessarily face him down at school because it was all like he was happy to hide behind a phone call now people can hide behind like a pseudonym online mm-hmm. and uh you know if they do get blocked on that pseudonym then they just create a whole new account and then they can just bam 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 bam, bam like yeah. keep on coming at you, you know? it's so cowardly people get such a passive inflated confidence behind these pseudonyms or even just online under their own pseudonym mm. uh, and mm. bullying under their, their actual names. It's it's really sad, a lot of the negativity that can spread through social media. There is so much good stuff that can spread through social media too. So there's always that dichotomy of um, good versus bad. But I am so happy I didn't grow up with social media 
uh, in the way that it is today. Just, the, just in the sense that there is so much noise, it's such a high stimulus world that we live in. And I think as someone uh, making their way through high school, there is just enough to deal with already, yeah. let alone putting a whole nother layer of social media on top. When I go home, I want to disconnect, not connect more. Mm. You know, I want to break from school. I want to, uh, you know, get my homework out of the way and then relax and do something entirely different. That is my own, maybe connect with my family, play a board game or, you know, do something that just shake that day off so you can start fresh again tomorrow. What are your best study tips? <laughs> so I didn't have a word for it when I was uh, in high school, but I would study and then I would reward myself with, <laughs> with like lollies or something. So I'd have a, like five gummy bears sitting on my study desk. And if I was writing an essay, I'd do my introduction or whatever, and then I'd eat a gummy bear. And then I'd do my next paragraph, and then I'd eat a gummy bear. So I realise now that that's uh, like a, a positive, you know, reward system, positive association. So um, that worked for me. It wasn't necessarily good for me or my health. Uh, you know, encouraged me to keep going late into those nights when everyone in my family had gone to bed and I was still scratching away on my notebook trying to get stuff done uh i found um retaining information to be really difficult um and then uh acting kind of helped a lot with that because you have to memorize lines and um one thing that i do even to this day is uh i will uh read my paragraph through a couple of times and then i will write it out and um, I will keep doing that until I'm able to um, recite my all of my dialogue from my scenes uh, without needing to double check my source material. So I, for um, biology or human biology, sorry, I used to make up like uh, flashcards. So I would uh, go through my textbook and then I would get my points in there and I would write it down. And I found for me... There's something about doing the physical action of actually writing it down and then going back and partnering that with my memory recall that really helps to create a connection for me. That's um, a really cool point because something that Bray and I have discovered um, is that we learn very differently. Mm. So Bray is very visual. like He takes things in. Uh, when he writes it, he sort of remembers it in his body um, and also like visually looking at it as well. He sort of It just sort of sinks into him. I can read something a thousand times and sort of forget what I've just read. I didn't discover this until later on when I was doing uh, this acting, screen acting course at FTI, but I found using a recording device, um, I called it a, they were called dictaphones back then, uh, they obviously still exist, but you could just use your phone these days where if you've just got facts that you need to learn and you're having a, a hard time remembering them by just reading or writing, perhaps try recording them on your phone and listening back to them uh, whenever. It could be like on the bus to school or when you're like running around the oval getting your exercise or whatever. You can play that while you're washing the dishes, you know. And sometimes trying to take this information in when you're actively doing something else, uh, that could work for some people. I found it really helped me. Mm-hmm.
just uh, coming back to your thing with the lollies, I think that that's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure your mum would agree or your dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. The only potential problem with that is I'd put, say, five gummy bears on the table and by the time I sit down with my work, either me or Marvel would have eaten the gummy bears. <laughs> so. I love that you have a cat you can blame everything on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, it was Marvel. <laughs> oh, his fault. Not um, only does he eat homework, he also eats your reward system. Does he actually well. eat homework? Did this actually happen? Well, look, I wasn't going to yeah. question <laughs> the man whilst we were on tape, but... <laughs> he did. I've got evidence. He's, or a witness. Like, I've got a witness. The mum is nodding. The mum yeah. is nodding. So yeah. he's kind of like your accomplice to everything. <laughs> That's pretty Love great. Your partner in crime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, looking back to when you were a teenager, do you know anything today that you wished you knew then that might have made your high school experience easier? Yeah, uh, a lot of things. <laughs> I think the big one for me, being who I am, would be not to worry so much about every little thing. Uh, when I was, I think I was 11, so kind of around that age of heading into high school or, or at least getting ready to head into high school, uh, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, which I like to say just makes me a professional worrier. I had a lot of worries and mm. not all of them were rational worries. In fact, most of them were not very rational. But uh, I remember something my big sister Tam said to me, and that was, everything always has a habit of working out in the end. And at the time, I didn't really give too much weight to her saying that. I just thought she was just saying stuff. <laughs> but now that I've, you know, gone, off and gone on and I've um, continued to, uh, you know, exist in the world and make my own observations... You know what, there's a lot of truth behind that. Everything always does have a habit of working out. And I wish I'd really heard what she said a little earlier mm. in life. And, um, you know, things didn't necessarily work out how I had imagined, expected, hoped or dreamed. But they did work out. And I think that uh, everything that's happened to date, although they didn't necessarily go according to plan... Um, everything's been really important to my story. And uh, as Bray and I are big fans of creating stories and writing stories and being a part of stories, you don't want a story just full of things going according to plan. That would be super boring. Life would be boring if everything went mm -hmm. according to plan. So these little redirects and... Um, you know, wrenches that get, or I should say spanners that get thrown in the works, <laughs> uh, they're really important kind of opportunities to learn and grow and to discover more about yourself and to really fine-tune what you want and uh, how to get there. Mm. So don't worry so much. It'll all work out. I tell myself that even as a 33-year-old. <laughs> biggest thing I wish I could go back and tell myself is be comfortable with who you are. You're a cool person and that's okay. If people uh, make fun of you or if people uh, question you or if people don't necessarily understand you, like, 
that's okay because that's that's kind of what life is um i had i had a lot of struggles i mean you know mel mentioned her ocd i unfortunately lost my dad when i was 14 um and that was a really hard thing to go through uh during high school and that along with all of the bullying that i got i suffered a really big blow to my confidence and uh, I took on what other people thought of me uh, a little too much and uh, really owned that, uh, like being the runt and everything and just really put myself last all the time and I didn't necessarily go for what um, what I, uh, or didn't really showcase my own strength in the best way. I was always, you know, putting myself um, behind. And uh, I wish I could go back and say, hey, you, you got this, like... It only gets better from here, and uh, don't worry. And similar to what Mel said, like don't worry about everything so much, you know, um, because it's only one chapter in the book. And um, as much as it seems like the end of the world, it 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 really ain't. There's so much more after that. Um, as big and scary and and uh, world ending as high school can seem sometimes. <laughs> when you're just like, oh my god, if I don't succeed or I'm not cool here, then what will happen to me? Um, but yeah, yeah, I wish I could go back and say that to myself for sure because I think it would make a difference. Mm. Um, do you have any other final words of wisdom you would give to future year sevens? Mm. I would say. Choose your friends. The joy about friends is you do get to pick them. Uh, so I would say pick people that make you feel good about yourself, that inspire you and encourage you to do better. Um, because if you're hanging out with someone and you don't feel good about yourself, they're the wrong people to be hanging out with. And it's better to have one or two people that really understand you are and are kind with you and patient with you than a whole herd of people that don't support you um, to be the best version of yourself. There's some things that you don't get to pick in life but that is one of those things that you should really choose. Find what you love and dream big. I think uh, a lot of people, um, myself included, are so scared about what they should be doing. They get so focused on that, right? Like anything that is is in that should bracket, put it in a box, put it in a cupboard, don't worry about it. Find what you love and pursue that. Because, I mean, just talking with you, Scott, it's so wonderful to hear that, you know, you had this, this path in mind for yourself, but now you've discovered all of these other things that are interested Inter, um, that are intrigued that you're intrigued by sorry and you're like you want to explore that now as well that excites me because I'm like you're inspired by it you should do what you're inspired by because that will bring you joy in life and that is the number one most important thing and there's so many jobs in this world there's so many career options that uh, more than I think you could boil down into a list like yeah. if if there's something that excites you but you think isn't really a practical job like look into it because maybe there is a, a job right in that field that you just aren't aware of yet um, and if not be revolutionary and create that job 
dream big. Like there's jobs we don't even know about that are yet to be discovered yet. Mm. Like when I was going to school, this, um, you know, social media branding and marketing, that was not a career path or option or choice. It didn't exist yet. There's like a, a whole world out there to be discovered. That's all the questions I have. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having You're us. So much welcome. appreciated. Thank you. Can I ask you a question, Scott? Uh-oh. 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 You're in the hot seat now. <laughs> You're not meant to interview the interviewer. So, Scott, I'm turning the tables. Do you have any advice to parents? And I'm being realistic, like honest, soulful advice to parents of students in school right now. Um, I'd say let, let kids have a go, and even though it might not be the decision that you make, but let them make it, and if it's a mistake, then let them learn from that mistake rather than keeping them back and not letting them make any mistakes, because as people say, um, you learn from your mistakes better than you learn from success. Um, so, yeah. Just be open. Very cool. Nice. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, and I can't wait to chat on the next episode. Make sure you check it out. Bye. It's Scott's Great Chat. It's a chat that's great. It's Scott's Great Chat. Moving from primary school to high school, we'll chat about it all. Scott's Great Chat. Music by Damien DJ G. Garini.